that's kind of the situation a lot of these kids are coming are, are being pulled into that is just from desperate situations in a family life or a village life um and, <clears throat> and then a trafficker will just come in and say here i have an opportunity for your kids uh and you know they can come work down here for us at this at this uh, at this restaurant or this bar and just serving drinks is fine or whatever or just serving food and then uh little do they know they're just sent their kid to sex trade they're you know 13 14 15 years old and they're getting lured into these bars because they don't have any option. You're about to make the jump from the echo chamber into free and independent thought on the subjects of culture, causes, politics, and faith. Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Men. Super pumped about our guest today, Jonathan Espy is the founder, I guess I'll call him the co-founder with his wife of SWAT Ministries International. Um, and uh, le well, let me just say, how you doing, brother? Doing all right, man. I, I would like to say I'm the pretty one of the co-founders. <laughs> well, you are uh, adept at lying, my friend. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, let, let me give a brief introduction for what you guys do there over there at SWAT. John, of course, was uh, on the show before um, and talked mm -hmm. about um, what they're doing to eliminate human trafficking, what they're doing out there in Thailand. But uh, they're a nonprofit organization that fights trafficking worldwide through awareness, training, and prevention methods. And that's a little bit humbleese for uh, he is one bad mother when it comes to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Our goal is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in every aspect. We believe every human being should be set free physically and spiritually. So uh, you guys help train teams who are making an impact in the trafficking industry. Um, you're stationed in, uh, what city are you in? We're in Chiang Rai, Thailand. So like the northernmost point of Thailand is where we live at. That's okay. That's home base. All right. And uh, so specifically, you're right on the on the forefront of rescuing people who are in the sex trafficking slash human trafficking trade in Thailand, but also beyond that. Um, and so you train teams that go in and help and rescue kids, but then also you train the kids. And uh, when some of those guys come in, you try to help teach them self-defense, help them gain um kind of self-respect and uh, self-awareness through kind of physical disciplines through Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, that on top of a million other other things um, to just make an impact for the kingdom of God so I'm really really happy to have you on the show man you're a hero and I appreciate everything you guys are doing out there man I appreciate it brother thanks for having us on man and and just uh give us the opportunity just to share what we're doing man and, and really honestly it's all Jesus. If anything good comes out of us, it is all Jesus. Cause we're, we are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the sharpest tools in the shed. If you know what I mean? We, we, just, <laughs> we just keep walking and, and, uh, God opens doors and we walk through them and, and, uh, we're praying that God is using for his glory and, and, uh, brings kids and, and, and even adults and, and people to know him more, uh, through a horrible situation. So, that's our goal. And we thank you, man, for giving us this platform just to speak, man. Absolutely. Well, you guys, again, you're doing really, really great stuff. So I'm, I'm super pumped about uh, having you on. And so we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, a really powerful and special documentary that um, you alluded to the last time that you were that you are on and now is uh, is gonna be released. So by the time this episode goes live, uh, You Are Beautiful will be available to be viewed. So I wanna talk about it really in depth, but just initially, cause I wanna make sure I don't forget, how can people see You Are Beautiful? Yeah, so um, it's supposed to be by the time this is coming out, <laughs> uh, being streamed on uh, Redeemed TV. 
Okay. Uh, there's an app. Uh, let me pull my app up here and so I can get the, the name and everything right, correct on it. And I may have wrong, grabbed the wrong phone, <laughs> but it's um, redeem.tv, I believe is the is the No worries. You can, you can always send and, those links to me and I'll put them down there. Yeah, sounds great. And, and so that's where you can you, uh, stream it through there. Uh, it's supposed to be streaming um, in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully by the, by the time it goes out, it'll start streaming. Um, but that's where the main distribution is going through um, as of right now. And so hopefully there's more, more platforms will pick it up. But right now that's what it'll be that out and it should be for free. So everybody should be able to still watch. So good. Yeah. And I watched kind of a tidbit of it, caught some of the scenes that are on the, the final cut of the film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's really, really good, really eye opening. I want to encourage everybody that possibly can to watch it. If this film takes off, you need to do a, um, a live action film and we'll get Joe Rogan to play you since he's a JJ. <laughs> and he's bald exactly. too. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That'd be good. That'll be good. Oh, Joe, they trying to take it, take the man down, man. He's, he's man, that's stupid stuff, man. That's stupid. Isn't that crazy? Trying to, that's just dumb. Like this context just goes out the window now. There's no more context for anything now. It's just, do you guys, do you over there? I know you're American and obviously at the end of the day, but over there in Thailand, kind of experiencing the culture there and being there for as long as you have, do you look at, listen to what's going on in America and think to yourself, do you self indulgent, decadent, losers like yeah. what are you what are y'all talking about it's just freaking crazy like it like it's it's weird because like you see you see like with the news and stuff you're always seeing the the craziness still on you see the crazy 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 and i went back to the states in mississippi and i was like oh, it's fairly normal yeah you know like it's it's not it, it's it i guess it's pockets of it everywhere you know and it's sure. just it's the crazy libtards whatever going on that's just doing stuff that just makes no sense you go what man you're trying to tear people down who are doing nothing but just literally as a com freaking comedian sharing information, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, and you're trying to tear him down for something that's stupid anyway. So it's just uh, all that crap. I mean, this, the, the whole political side is just, it's just, it's gotten to be like a circus, man. And it's just, and I think it's, I think it's, and this is my, my, kooky yeah. conspiracy Late theory freaking thing tinfoil hat I, pull it out yeah, exactly my tinfoil hat i really think it's china through biden and through all those freaking things is trying to destabilize the government uh the yeah. american government and i don't know how much in this great reset thing i really have faith into but it's it seems something that's trying to kind of push in there like it's, it's a like deal trying to, yeah it's like because you see how much even here how much China controls in Southeast Asia? Like China controls everything now over here. So, so, so like I think that I think there could be that. But the, here's the common denominator in my mind: <laughs> is that both China and the left in America have something in common. Mm. And here's what they have in common: mm. they have in common Marxism. Mm. Um, and so, how much of a student China actually is of like Marxist communism proper? Mm. They're a kind of quasi-communist government. Um, mm. And so they have similar tendencies, whether they're in bed together or not, um, mm. I don't know, but they do have similar ideology. And yeah. so again, whether the Great Reset or not is is a, is legit, like powerful, hungry people behind yeah. the scenes, like manipulating things yeah. like a chess piece. The one thing is true is that the left has, a, has an explicit desire to use crisis to um mm. to change things i mean this is yeah. from Rahm emanuel to hillary clinton have mm. come out and said crisis is an opportunity right this is mm. an opportunity to do things that otherwise we wouldn't have the opportunity to get away with yeah. so um so what we're seeing is that we're just seeing marxism whether it be kind of a soft 
totalitarianism or overt Marxism just kind of in America playing out. And I think that that's where that weirdness comes from. You look at it and you're just yeah. like, man, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you, yeah. why are you in China at the Olympics right now? And Pelosi says, don't say anything about China. And then, yeah. they, and then Joe Rogan jokes around, um, and uh and says the uh says the n-word because he's repeating rap lyrics and everybody wants to jump on him but yet we're supposed yeah. to remain silent about a million muslims being imprisoned in china exactly oh my gosh it's craziness man it really is crazy and and the one thing that that this one thing goes back into like tie back in the christian worldview like i said the the one thing they have in common all of them is they all hate jesus yeah. they all hate the name of christ whether they admit it or not it's another thing they have in common with marx Exactly. It's like, you know, they hate, they hate it. And so they hate him. And yeah. so, cause I mean, a lot of times you start looking at like with the LGBT, QR, PSV community, and they're really like unicorn like parentheses. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but they're like, Oh, you know, let's support Muslims or the you know Muslim this and that. And you're going, you realize they would throw you off a building. Right. I mean, that, that that's not like you go to Saudi Arabia, like, Oh, let's have a pride flight. They're going to blow you up. They're going to throw, yeah. I mean, you're not going to have, they're going to stone you to death. But the problem is, is they go, that, so what's the common denominator is they both hate Jesus. They both are enemies of God mm -hmm. that go, that's the only, that's the only thing that can join them. Like, how are these things fitting together? And it's like, it's, it's that spirit of, of just rebellion, I guess. I don't know, man. It's just, it's yeah. so odd to see, man. And it's, and it can get kooky real quick. And, you know, and you're like, you know, where's the line at? You go, where's you know, I, where? I have the I have this theory. I have this theory that yeah. power is ultimately what the left is really mm. them explicitly. They like they come yeah. out and say this that they're interested in power structures, right? So mm. America is built upon a white supremacist power structure mm. that was uh instituted by bloodthirsty neo-colonial Christians, that kind of stuff, right? Mm. So this is these are things that they explicitly say. Even if you yeah. get more mainstream, they say things like um, systems of oppression and mm. um, yeah. how there is systemic racism in policing in America and other in other mm. institutions in America. Um, and so um, they are explicitly interested in systems of power in the postmodernists like Foucault and other people like that mm. say this, that all hierarchy are about power, which is a ridiculous thing we don't have to get into. But mm. but but the point is, is they're obsessed with power. And they're obsessed with people who have power that they don't have, which is why I think they're after Joe Rogan. Um, yeah. It's really just about jealousy. And then I think yeah. to myself, as a Christian, well, boy, that sounds awfully familiar. There is somebody who is absolutely interested in usurping and overthrowing the power mm -hmm. of God, um, yeah. according to Isaiah, and mm -hmm. obviously a Satan. So Satan was interested in in the throne and felt like he needed a more prominent position and needed more mm -hmm. power. And so ultimately, yes. And, and, and again, Marx, Marx was an out and out Satanist. And so, mm. um, so th these guys are interested in power in the same way that Satan yeah. was interested in power, yeah. whether they, they know it or not. So yeah. am I, am I calling people who disagree with me Satanist? Yes. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying is like, like we can play into it, into that hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what I mean. The Bible talks about that. You're either, you're only, you're only swinging for, you're only batting for the, one team, yeah. you know, one or the other. There's no can't ride the fence. You love the one, hate the other one, or you you know hate the one, love the other one. You know, it's, there's no there's no middle ground in that way. I mean, and I think that's it. A lot of people don't even though whether they admit it or not, know it or not, they're being used mm. by the powers and principalities there. That's that's uh, ruling this age, man, and it's crazy, man. It's nuts. 
That's why we uh, need bold dudes like you and um, and hopefully <laughs> like me to kind of exactly. speak That's on good, these man. things of that. But to set the context for the film and why it was even done in the first place, um, let's talk a little bit about what you guys do just for those who maybe didn't catch the first episode or just to give a refresher for those who who did, who didn't see our previous conversations. So um, you said you're not the sharpest tools in the shed. And I remember a saying, I believe, uh, that nothing good can come out of Mississippi. So you guys are originally, at least you are, for, originally from Mississippi. How in yeah. God's name did you end up in Thailand? Oh, it's a long story. I'll try to shut and shorten it down a little bit. Yeah, I'm okay. from Mississippi. My wife will not will not uh, claim me from Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, she's from Florida. Uh, and so, uh, but I transplanted her from Florida Go to Mississippi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we uh, were, I was in Mississippi doing work there and and God has called us to the ministry. Um, and so I thought it was going to be some kind of like pastoral position or youth pastor or something like that. So I'm like college and, and started working that route. And God has called us on the mission field here in Thailand. And so I moved here with a, with a two-year-old daughter. And um, and then God just started opening the doors through, um, through, through the church we were working with. I was assistant pastor for church and began to teach self-defense as outreach of the church and then mm -hmm. began to get connected with human traffic and rescue teams, um, began to train their rescue teams and then God has kind of grew it from there. And so uh, now we're, we started off, you know, training uh, one team in a dusty, nasty attic, uh, rat infested holes in the ceiling kind of thing. And uh, one team in one country. And now we've been trained, we're training uh, God knows how many teams in seven different countries with thinking about six or seven different organizations. And so, um, God's just really been growing it. And so that's just, even that's just one part of the organization. Now, um, that was the main focus when we first started was just training the rescue teams and, and the, and the girls once they've been rescued out as part of their aftercare and God's just kind of grew this organization, grew the ministry to be able to do the train, to train it for the rescue teams and training for the, the kids. And also we, um, started doing, uh, outreaches in villages and places where these kids come from and try to do some preventive work there. And we even started being, bringing kids from really hard backgrounds and really tough situations in their own home um, and began to try to, do, to give them a forever family so mm -hmm. and, and help to grow them to, to know Jesus and to be restored spiritually and emotionally and, and mentally and all these things. And, um, and yeah, so that's kind of where, where this movie picks up <laughs> See, yeah. this is um, one, of the, one of our oldest daughter. Um, uh, she came to us. When she was 17 and she's from one of the organizations we partnered with uh she was uh, brought out by by them and um and then we she started uh basically working for us uh but throughout the actually throughout the the, the film you'll see um that she was not really just the, the person i worked for she became our kid and our came yeah. our daughter and just kind of um that was the first uh kid we brought into our home and got us grew from there now um we have about seven or eight different kids coming in our, in through our house and living here and being with us and that's so wild and, and, i see i don't yeah. think people i want to talk to you about her story specifically but then also mm -hmm. dip enough into it but not enough to like not spoil the film yeah. uh, so people go there and watch it but uh but i think people need to know her background a little bit just as mm -hmm. a teaser for um for why she came to be with you guys but then also to how she came to even uh, be your daughter. Um, but, uh, but, but the one thing that I just think about real quick is just like people have this, uh, 
uh, I, I don't know, maybe over glamorized view of what adoption is and just say, oh, that's so great of you to do that. But they don't think about the struggles and the difficulties that come along with not just adopting a couple of kids, but also opening up your whole household to a whole litany of other people's children who are in desperate situations who come from really difficult backgrounds and difficult situations. And then, um, kind of turning your life upside down to make every single one of those your kids, even if they're not adopted or otherwise, but to, to take them in as though they're your own, to take them into your family, um, and then to help those kids turn over a new leaf. So I can only imagine what that's like to, to kind of do and to undertake on a, on a regular basis. So where do you think, I, I mean, I know the answer to this, but where does the, the benevolence to do that come from? It's all the Holy Spirit. It's all just from, from the Father's love for us, the adoption of the Father, mm. uh, from us into his family and, and restoring us to his family and that unconditional love. Yeah. And uh, the, the church is called to take care of the orphans and the oppressed and the fatherless. Yeah. And Come on. that's a mandate for the yeah. church, man. That's, that's, a, that's not like something that we, we sh possibly should do. No, God says, this is who my heart is for. Do this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so that's kind of like, even sometimes like when we brought two of my, uh, two of our youngest kids in, um, you know, we didn't have this angel of light from heaven shine down and the, uh, you know, the, the, the Mendel's, you know, uh, hallelujah course or everything going on. It was just, it was like, Oh God, do we do this or not do this? And yeah. he was pretty clear, man. I already told you what to do. I, my, my heart is for these children, bring them in. And so I was like, okay, God. So we did that. And man, and, and it was hard. It's yeah. not it's not all, you know, great, wonderful smiles and, and kisses and hugs and all this. It's hard, man. Kids, these kids don't know what love is. And, and, and even when you bring in like that was younger kids, younger kids tend to be a little bit easier because they're, they're young and they're kind of malleable and they're, and how they uh, attach and those kind of things. And, but um, our older kids, man, they come in when they're teenagers and that's hard. Mm -hmm. that, that is really, really hard. Like we're going through a situation right now with, of our older um teens and man just from some some really bad choices she's making um you know it, we're having to deal, deal with a lot of of heartache and heartbreak right now uh mm -hmm. with our one of our older kids and um and it all just stems from their background where they come from the trauma they've had to deal with and the lies that satan uses to draw them um away from him afraid from god yeah. and that's it, it's really tough it's, and it's a lot of it it we're called to do it. It's called. It we're called in the battle, um, and and a lot of that time that battle is just prayer and on your knees and just before God, just begging Him to 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 do something in these kids' hearts because there's yeah. nothing we can do other than love them. And so anyway, that's a long answer to a, to no, a short question. Sorry. Beautiful. <laughs> no, and it, and it it just shows something. Not only are you a bad mother because of your BJJ skills, but you are a bad mother because of your your loving skills and your Jesus skills more than anything else. Because the, the truth is, is that like, I know you're going to re resist this, but, but I think it's important to state this because Christians are three times more likely to adopt than any other person on the planet. So we can talk about like uh, your atheism and your reasons not to believe. And we can talk about your um, stance against Christianity and the historic crimes of Christianity or whatnot, which is kind of the world I dwell in because I love apologetics and Christian ethics. And that's what I'm trained to do. But at the end of the day, 
when we look at the brass tacks on things like this, what motivates a man like you or like many other Christians, as I just stated, to do something like adopt? Well, it is just this basic reality that Christians understand better than most people. And this is why we're three times more likely to adopt than the regular average Joe, because we understand what adoption feels like. We know what it's like to be out of the father's love and out of the father's arms, and then to have him say, hey, I still love you, and I want you, and I welcome you into the family. And it's that redeeming love that just absolutely changes everything for us. So we know all too well adoption because every single person who has ever said I'm a Christian has said I've been adopted. Amen on that. Amen on that, brother. And, th and that's the case, man. That's the case, uh, you know, for all of our kids is, is, is seeing what God has done for us played out in these kids' lives every day. Yeah. And so that just, it, it's a blessing for us. It's hard. It's definitely the hard, one of the hardest things you'll ever do, but it's the most amazing, wonderful, rewarding, um, just awe-inspiring, drawing you closer to Jesus, drawing you closer yeah. to the heart of the Father, man. It's just, it's it's amazing. So if, if anybody's like, you know, oh, should I foster? Should I adopt? Yeah, the, the answer's yeah. already, if you're even thinking it, do it because yeah. you know there there there's there uh there needs to be uh the church needs to be the main place that these kids end up because i mean, totally agree you know you know because a lot of i mean here in, in thailand there's not a foster system um it's it's really it, most of the time it's the churches uh and and ministry organizations that are that are bringing kids in Christian can, can people so. adopt from america in thailand it's really really hard yeah. um and so like, you know, we have uh, seven or eight kids here and you know, there's, there's probably no chance of us adopting. We, there's our younger ones we would like to, but uh, reality is probably not going to happen to yeah. be fully adopted, you know, like to be legally my kid. Uh, so it's just a, a, a forever foster care situation kind of thing. So, gotcha. uh, so yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's paint the picture too, and then we'll jump back into kind of the M story of what these kids who are coming into um, into SWAT Ministries um, and even Destiny, which people will see in the film. Let's uh, let's paint the picture for what these kind of the background is that these kids are dealing with. So um, let's talk about M's story specifically. And again, you share as much as you feel comfortable sharing, but then you can also share any of the other things. But am I right in assuming that some of these kids? are being human trafficked. So they're slave labor, child labor, that kind of thing. And uh, maybe even taken away from their parents and then forced to work. And then there are also kids who are being taken away from their parents and are minors largely um, uh, and being forced into sex trafficking. So they're taken away from their parents and they're placed on the street. And then you'll see them on the street corner soliciting sex from um, patrons who are walking by on the street. So what, what's kind of the gamut of the situations that you see with the kids who are coming into your ministry? Yeah, most of the kids that 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 are coming out of are they're they're finding in these in the sex trade um, areas are from really poor families, poor villages, and they don't have a lot of options. So they're so like they're usually don't don't have any kind of schooling. They haven't finished if they finished any kind of school, it's probably sixth grade at the most, mm. um, maybe ninth grade if they're lucky. Um, and so there's not like, well, and not having a high school diploma, um, there's nobody going to hire you. And a lot of these kids don't have uh, ID cards. And so right. in Thailand, if you don't have a ID card, if you don't, if you're not a Thai citizen, 
uh, you're not really uh, a part of anywhere. You're kind of stateless. So Thailand doesn't want you. Burma doesn't want you. Laos doesn't want you. So you're kind of in this limbo middle ground area. And so because of that, it's really easy for traffickers to bring in uh, kids into bars and they say, hey, look, you know, I got a job for you. You know, none of the other places are going to hire you. You know, but you can make him pick tea for, you know, for five baht for, you know, a, a kilogram or two pounds or whatever um, of tea. Or you can come work at this bar and make, you know, decent amount of money if if you're if you're, you know, able to. Um, yeah. And so that's a lot of them get pulled in that way. They're, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, and they're getting lured into these bars because they don't have any other options. And so, and the family's in desperate need. So the family's like, go make money. I don't care yeah. how you make it. Just go just send us it. back money. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so that is kind of, that's kind of the situation. A lot of these kids are coming, are, are being pulled into that is just from desperate situations in a family life or a village life. Um, and, <clears throat> and then a trafficker, We'll just come in and say, here, I have an opportunity for your kids uh, and, you know, they can come work down here for us at this at this uh, at this restaurant or this bar and just serving drinks is fine or whatever or just serving food. And then uh, little they know they're just sent their kid to. And I I want you to keep rolling, but I do have to just interject this question real quick. Have you ever have you ever had a trafficker try to come back and get one of their kids from you guys? Um, From us? I mean, because like. Cause we're kind of like behind the scenes, like we're, we're, we do the training and we help we augment some of the teams sometimes with yeah. staff and those kind of things. And, and then we're, you know, bringing in kids from bad situations. Um, usually the time they get to us, they're pretty much pretty far removed from the from situation. Stuff, so it's yeah. not yeah. From, so, but the, the, the people that we're training and, and those organizations that bring them out directly. Yeah. Traffickers will try to come back and try to get them. So like most, like the house we're, the, we're building, we call it safe village. Mm-hmm. And so um, we'll have uh, a few that are like ours with forever families. And so these kids will come out uh, from these bad situations into a forever home. And so those, those locations are pretty secluded and they're pretty like, if you don't know where they're at, you're not going to find it. Yeah, yeah. And so um, these, these organizations, they, they, you know, they have to deal with, with traffickers trying to get the kids back sometimes. Okay. I got and you. so, and, and lots of times, sometimes it's like, the kids like oh my boyfriend you know my boyfriend's gonna pick me back up or my boyfriend's trying to get in they'll you know try they'll you know try to get on the property and pull the kids out or or if they well most organizations will will lock them down pretty pretty tight where there's no social media access but if they get connected to social media then they start talking to the the former trafficker the former pimp and then you know they start you know, get in their head and trying to lure them out, lure them back out. And they'll, you know, pull up to the, if they find out where it's at, they'll pull up and try to get the kids back. And sometimes it's, um, can get a little more violent than, than just a boyfriend pulling up there to try to get a kid. So. Gotcha. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go to M's story specifically. Mm -hmm. So obviously we want people to watch the documentary and this is all Mm -hmm. about M who ended up coming to be with you guys. And then eventually you, uh, adopted. So, uh, tell us a little bit about her background, where she came from. Yeah, so uh, M uh, is Aka, and so that's the, her, her tribe, where she's from. Uh, she's from the northernmost part of Thailand in a, in a little village called uh, Mesalong, uh, Doi Mesalong. And um, she was in that exact situation, as she explained earlier, you know, very, very, very poor, uh, having to take help take care of her, of her, of her family or her brothers and, her, um, and at a very young age. And so she was probably 
four or five years old having to go out and work in the tea fields just to get enough money to, to feed her and her little brother. Um, and so um, she gets brought um, or her, her mom basically um, pushes her into uh, going down into a um, bar uh, in the city. And that's where she is, is eventually found. And so, uh, and brought out of that by what was actually called Destiny Rescue. Um, and yeah, and so that's, um, that's where the, the, the film, you know, starts off in that area, talking about where she's from and, and given the actual, the footage from her village. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, so that, that you can see, you can see exactly where she comes out of, how she gets brought into um, the, the trafficking situation and then how she's brought out uh, and then uh, God just how, how God restores her life and and uh, how she ends up connecting with us and those kind of things. It's so. such a redemptive story and and one of the things that I think is really important is that they actually have and I maybe ask a dumb question here but they actually have like body cam footage of these mm-hmm. bars and things that are going on um, these girls that are soliciting uh, sex on the on the on the streets and you're just watching these girls and they're playing the part. But knowing these backgrounds, you can't help but wonder, like, what happens to these girls if they don't play the part? What ha- where do these girls really come from? Are there moms and dads looking for these girls or whatnot? And I know there may be some families who know that they're there and put them there. But still, I mean, it's just heartbreaking stuff to think about the backstory of some of these girls knowing um, that we're getting the backstory of M in the midst of that, because it just kind of puts a face to all of these girls that are just lined up on the city streets. So the question that may be dumb here is, is any of that body cam footage from the actual bar where, where M was forced to go work? No, that one, I think most of that footage uh, was, is from like Patia, Bangkok area. Uh-huh. And so I don't think that's directly from where um, M was, was arrested from, but those rescuers are the rescuers that went in and got right. M. And so, so it's the same, um, situation just in a different city yeah yeah, yeah. And, so and so and so to, to need to mention this too it's kind of a documentary style film of um m's life and what goes on in thailand and for that very reason one i think it's a great expose for you guys because it shines a light on the great work that you're doing there it's an expose on sex trafficking in thailand um and maybe we can talk about that a little bit too mm-hmm. uh, but then it's also an expose and m and her and her courageous battle to overcome her her past so let's talk a little bit about uh sex trafficking in mm-hmm. in thailand so what what's the atmosphere like in thailand with that stuff because i think the last time we talked correct me if i'm wrong but you said that it's that it's actually not that um that you can't legally sex traffic in in thailand but prostitution is legal is that right no, like so, both both legal prostitution and and of course uh, sex trafficking is is illegal. And uh-huh. so, even though even though prostitution is illegal, um, the sex industry is you know is is huge here in Thailand. It's one of the um, biggest tourist draws uh, to come to Thailand. You know, is is to, yeah. is for the the, the sex the red light. Yep. And exactly. And so, um, the government's starting to kind of do some more things to. To kind of combat it, at least on the face of it, um, they're they're putting more awareness out there. They're they're trying to 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 do things to 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 to, to help in that area, um, but it, it's it's really the people that are actually in the fight are the NGOs, the non government organizations that yep. are that are doing it and that are part. Most of them are the ones that are doing well um, are partnering, do partner with the government to 
to to facilitate the, the investigations and to and to facilitate the rescues. And so um, so there is a partnership that's going on with the government as well as the NGOs that are working there to, hand in hand to get these kids out. So the, it seems to be the the at least the the public perception is, is becoming the change a little bit. So that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Why do you, why, why is Thailand such a haven for the sex industry and for sex trafficking? Hello. Lagged out there again, brother. I don't, I don't know why it keeps doing that. I'm sorry. Uh, why, <laughs> what, what, what is it about Thailand that it becomes a haven for sex trafficking and for the sex trade? Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a, you can write a, your doctorate dissertation on that. Uh, <laughs> um, um, it's literally been, a sex capital since the time of the Mongols. Mm. Like there's literally like uh, letters and stuff that's been translated out of the, the Chinese and, and, and Mongols coming down, to basically coming to Thailand just for the women. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a, a cultural draw that's here for it. Um, there's, it, you know, it's, it's like America and any other Western place. It, it, there's sex is just, permeated in every every aspect of its life of their life um but i mean honestly it's a spiritual um thing i think that's the biggest uh pull here i mean there's there's so many uh people that get just drawn in and, and just sucked into this this void of, of 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 sexual deviancy here in thailand um there's i mean there's countless men that you can that you can see that will come in and you know they'll come for a business conference or whatever mm-hmm. and then they end up leaving their family back in the states because of this you know 20 year old 23 year old girl they met in a bar who says you know oh, i love you and now i'm, I'm leaving my family going to move here to thailand for it. I mean, it's just it's just it's demonic man and so yeah. there so i think all of those together like just the 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 god of this age kind of thing being over this area i think there's definitely a demonic influence here in in especially southeast asia but specifically thailand uh for sexual deviancy that happens here and i don't know why that is it just this is you know kind of thing yeah yeah well that's interesting that's like an interesting historical take because i think it said like um the mongols killed like a third of the population uh Mm. while they were doing their thing under um the Huns and mm. change like the carbon footprint of the earth mm. based upon yeah. everything that they did. So it's like, um, it, there's no telling what kind of residual impact those guys had mm. on, on a society. So it's interesting to think about that in terms of, of this kind of like over-sexualized culture, illicit sexualized culture. I'm sure poverty plays a large part of it too, though. Don't you think? Yeah, it does, man. Like that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the, the, the traffic industry, trafficking industry is so big is you have such a huge population of impoverished people and namely the the hill tribes yeah and so uh they, they pull from them a lot and so i mean it's like any other place like if you're in alaska the a lot of the the, the poor native americans that are there uh, you know are the ones that, that the traffickers pull from you know in inner cities it's the poor black and, and hispanic that places pulls from. it's just wherever the, there's poverty there's gonna be this um this incentive to to um to be in the sex trade or to be yeah. in the sex trafficking uh arena yeah all right and then um as far as like the film because mm-hmm. it's good to shine a light on all that stuff so what was it like making this film i'm assuming i mean i know you've done like 
stuff before um, with videographers and stuff because of uh, Contraland, which is a fantastic documentary, by the way, which you are in. Um, Craig Sawyer, which basically is like Chuck Norris on steroids. Uh, yeah, uh, he watches the grass grow and dares it, uh, dares it to grow. Um, <clears throat> And uh, and so he he did that film and you were in it. That's kind of where I first kind of uh, came in contact with you. Um, so I know you've been around this stuff before, but this one's a little bit closer to home. So what was it like making this film for you guys and for your family? It was actually really, really good. Like uh, just to see uh, M's story being told, because I mean, the guys that 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 made it is a real good friend of ours. He used to mm -hmm. work for the BBC. He's made tons of, of big, high level our high budget documentaries uh, and worked for National, National Geographic and those kind of things. Um, and so he's, but he's just an amazing, just Christian guy. And so if, and he approached us and said, Hey, look, I, and he, cause he works for Destiny Rescue. And he says, Hey, I know M's story. Um, man, I really want to tell it. Do you think she'd be willing to do it? I'm like, I think it's a great thing, man. It's an honor to you be asked. So we, we, she went, he went and talked to him and, and, uh, and he talked to her and then he talked to us. And we're like, hey, if, it, if you, I think your story can help others come to know Jesus and have hope, well, get mm -hmm. it out there kind of thing, you know? And, and uh, man, it was just, just, I would have trusted that story to nobody else but to Tim, the, yeah. the guy that did his film, because he's just an amazing, amazing friend. I love him so much. And he did, in my opinion, he did a great job. Yeah. Um, to, to take him up to, to her village and get those shots. And, and he would bring him along with us when we we're doing outreaches and stuff. And so he was just there filming, you know, and it would, we would have to really, only thing we had to stage at all was just the interviews. And so everything else was just kind of just him walking around <laughs> with a camera and catching stuff. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty painless process. Well, I want to ask a kind of personal question too. Um, was this difficult for him to be able to hash up out or rehash out the, some of those things that happened to her yeah um some of it was and some of the the uh, the, the good thing out of it because bringing that up uh, she began to pull out a lot more stuff than than even we knew mm. you know uh, because of this she started kind of opening doors and opening parts of her heart that she hadn't really opened before um and so that was an amazing part of it. so yeah it was it was difficult it was tough uh for but uh, just the healing that come out of it and the healing yeah. that and people want to hear the story I and mean, people are, are very much um interested in in your life and and man, you've and just the and, and also the the confidence that she gained from it like yeah. going and people actually you know I've, I've come through a whole lot and I've, i'm able to uh to, to to hopefully help others you know to do the same thing is that's given her a whole lot of confidence and a whole lot of just um what you're looking for um i guess that self-esteem but ability to, to keep pushing forward in her, in her, in her life. And, and she's about to graduate college here in July. Oh, it's so um, good, man. So, yeah. So this is, and this is something that people's always told her you'd never do. You're too stupid. You can't, you can't do that. Like people that she was very close to um, would tell her like, you know, you're too stupid. You, you don't, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, and, and now she's about to graduate college. She, I mean, here in Thailand, she is like our, our right hand she does you know if, if she <laughs> she does everything for us, she helps us do everything now and so it's it's one of those things to see her to go from where she came from to man helping us run a a, a, a multi-country or international 
ministry is just amazing to see God yeah. doing so in her life. So. Yeah. As I was watching the film, another thing struck me about her specifically is that as she was rehashing the story and tears were flowing and all of that stuff, I was just thinking, boy, this must have been incredibly hard for her. But then the other thing that I thought to myself is that it's also forcing her to confront some of those things that um, she's had to kind of push away and forget about, um, which perhaps is maybe a very therapeutic thing. So I was thinking, man, I hope for sure that this was, was that for her as well, because I was, yeah. I could see how it would be this thing that really helps her deal with, um, deal with her past. Yeah, it did. It did. And that's one of the things that um, you can hope, hopefully it comes through in the film is that, that change that there's a when she came to us she was hard she was a hard um hearted person yeah how could she not be right yeah (laughs) yes she had dealt with a whole lot in her life and and to see just to watch god melt her heart to take that heart of stone out and put a heart of flesh in Mm. and and see that physically you know and 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 literally happening you know in front of your eyes to see her to soften and see her become gentle and even start forgiving those that had uh, that had um that had really hurt her you know and so and so it was just an amazing thing to watch and see and to see hopefully that comes through on the film how much god changed her uh throughout that time you know and so because i mean it's, it's amazing work of god what, what has what had happened in her Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things that I think we also take for granted is that we know this exists, but we don't really mm. get it. Because we the only thing that I can equate it to, because I've never been in your realm before, but I have done a lot of work in the homeless community. Mm. So people have all of these idealized notions of what it means to help the homeless, right? Just economic e- equality and uh, getting them enough money to get back on their feet and stuff. And mm. it's just like, dude, you're dealing with so much more than mm. economics when you're yeah. dealing with the homeless community. And it's the same thing here with uh, with what you're doing, because you're not just dealing with the physical abuse that these mm-hmm. um, girls, especially, but but children um, mm-hmm. and people have had to deal with, but you're also dealing with those emotional wounds, those scars mm-hmm. that over yeah. a period of time have been inflicted upon these guys. And there's a lot of unraveling that has to go into that. And and so I think you're right on, man. And I know that there may be people who scoff at that, um, um, and, and hopefully because we're listening, we get listeners from right, left, center, Christian, non-Christian. Um, but, it, but, it, but I think there needs to be this rec- this recognition of the fact that, um, there's a spiritual side to us as human. It's a, it's a part of who we are. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and that's why I love what you guys are doing, man. It's just so cool that not only are you helping people learn how to kick butt, but you're also helping people with the spiritual side of things. So um, I want to, I want to just dig into the film just a little bit more because I want to make sure everybody has the, the info for the film. So when is the official release date? Do you know when that is? No. Okay. I, no idea. I, okay. I tried to get like, they're really vague about it. Like, um, and so all I, last I knew, and you can just kind of, I don't know, this is for your own edification uh, was like, when I talked to you last time, they said within the next two weeks, it should start streaming. So, okay. Um, so it, 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 like once it, once it actually drops, I'll keep checking the, the, the streaming service. And once it drops, I can, I can throw it to you or whatever, and give you the exact date, but, or when I get know exactly when it is, but okay. for now, for now, I think it's in the next couple of weeks, somewhere in there. Hey, it should okay. start, it should start rolling out. I'm figuring probably around the, 
this month I'm I'm figuring because of his Valentine's and those mm-hmm. kind of things. Hopefully, probably something leach out leaves out there. Um, one of the things we we could mention on there too is um, in the in the film festivals that is yeah. still in the film festivals, mm-hmm. uh, which is really odd that they're not odd, but they're uh, releasing it out and it's still in the festivals, and so that's good. So it's actually at the the, the, if you're up in the Branson area, it's going to be at the Branson uh, Film Festival. It'll be there. Um, now, are these uh, and, are these just general film festivals, or are these like specifically Christian film festivals? Or um, the Branson one, I think is I think it's just general. I think it's just yeah. an open open thing, and I think the Winnipeg one is as well. Um, okay. But the other ones uh, has been uh, primarily faith and family based. Uh, so the Canadian, I think it's the, the two biggest one was the International Christian Film Festival. Uh, yep. It did really well there. Uh, and then the Canadian faith and family uh, film. Uh, that was the big uh, Canadian one. It, it, it I think really the government well shut that one down. I'm just kidding. Yeah, probably did. Probably did. The truckers come in like honking and got it going. <laughs> it's great. Demanding but, to watch uh, the movie. Exactly. So it's got some, got so much steam up. But, um, and then it, the Great Lakes, uh, I think it was Great Lakes Faith and Family one as well. It won, it won uh, Best Documentary there. Um, and so, yeah. So anyway, so if you're in the Branson area, the Winnipeg area, the next uh, few weeks, it'll be um, showing there. And so you can see it. Um, awesome. Okay. So you guys need to check your local film festivals and see if it's going to be playing there. Um, yeah. Maybe one last question about the movie, the name, <laughs> you are beautiful. Yeah. Where does it come from? So one of the things that um, you see, especially in, in, in M's mind and heart and a lot of these, a lot of these girls, um, because of the background they come up, because of the, the bad situations they're in, because of the, the, the work they find themselves doing or are forced into, they have a lot of shame and a lot of mm-hmm. dirtiness and a lot of guilt and all these things that are, that are, that are thrust upon them. And in their mind, their heart, they're going, there's no way I'm beautiful. There's no way I have value. There's no way I'm worth anything. Um, and one of the things that, that, Destiny Rescue uh, tries to do, and we try to do as well, is to say, no, you have value in Christ. You are beautiful. You are a beautiful daughter in Christ. And one of the things that that that, that was constantly being told to him is, you are beautiful. You are beautiful. Mm-hmm. You are beautiful. You're not your past. Uh, you are a new creation in Christ. And, and so um, that's where that... Um, name come from because of her talking about uh, you know that feeling of not being worthy worthy and not being beautiful and and the counter truth is she is because she's a daughter of christ and she is beautiful not just on the outside but the inside because he's completely made her clean and so uh that's where the the the, the name comes from that's good man a lot of people need to hear that message um especially around valentine's day uh mm-hmm. that being said how how many kids do you think how many people have come through SWAT ministry? So how many people have gotten that revelation, whether it be boy or girl, that that God loves them and that they actually matter no matter what their past is, which is such so beautiful, man. And which is why I encourage people to go check this thing out whenever it comes out. But but how many kids do you think you guys have have dealt with? Just in our in our own home, uh, we've had nine total come through. So that's in our, and just in our home. Yeah. Now training kids and working with kids and doing trainings for other organizations with their kids, those kind of things, hundreds. um, I can't even count them. 
uh, yeah. amount of kids that we go through. Because one of the things we're, we do uh, while we're while we're speaking and training and, and doing this training with the, the girls and the boys is going, A, if you're a girl, you have value because of Christ. What would it say to say go? You have value. You have worth. You are worth fighting for. You mm-hmm. are worth uh, standing up for. And one of the things that we, we teach the boys and that come through as well is that, yes, you have value. Yes, you are, you are above girls uh, that are there to protect those that can't protect themselves, to be those warriors for Christ. And so um, that's one of the, the, the things that we, we try to really uh, instill in these kids when, we're, when we when we have them to, to train um, for short times is try to get that message through to them as much as possible as their value in Christ and also the responsibility that God's given them to, to be protectors and to be um, uh, just warriors for him. Absolutely. And um, so you're doing that not only with um, self-defense classes and the ministries that you guys provide, but also to with the home that you're building. So you were yes. in the process of fundraising last time yeah. uh, for this thing. So give me give me kind of an update with that. Where are you guys at in terms of the land and in terms of the building? Yeah. So Lord willing, uh, next month we'll put we'll, we'll have the land paid for. And awesome. so we're going to we're going to pay for the land. Uh, Lord willing, all uh, in the month of March, we'll We'll have that uh, paid for and done, and then we'll start doing dirt work and start building as soon as the funds come in for the rat. So uh, within a year and a half, God is, has brought all the money in for, uh, for, so the, um, for the land. So all right. And, uh, and, and tell me again, so wh- wh- what are you, the name of the home that you're building and what's the purpose for it? Yeah, it's, it's a safe village. So it'll be uh, the Village of Hope. Is that's the working title, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is, um, and so what we're, we're doing is, in our in our home, we started seeing that I mean these kids need a forever family. They don't need a program. They don't need something that's just here for a few few days, a few months, whatever, and then gone. They need a family. And so, uh, one of the things that we want to do is 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 kind of model it off our own family. And what we've seen modeled to us as well is having a small number of kids, no more than ten kids per household, mm-hmm. and they are there uh, for their entire life. They're there until. Uh, you know, they graduate, they go to college, they get married, they either find a job, you know, this is, it's a family support structure uh, for them. And so, uh, because a lot of these kids don't have that, their, their family situation, this, while they're in the situations they're in, their family situation is not good. It's not healthy. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do is, is to bring them into a safe place, a safe environment um, for them to grow, to heal, to recover, to restore, and then to be sent back out into the world is just healed and whole and just warriors for Christ, you know? And so, uh, so we're building we're, that land. We're, we're buying 10 acres of land. And so we're going to have um, five houses is, a, is an initial uh, plan for it. That'll be five forever family homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we'll have transitional housing on the property. So when the kid gets 18, 19 years old or 20, and they start wanting to get out and go to college and, and you know, those kind of things are going to, to, to get a job. It's kind of like in America, we have community college. It's kind of like that, that kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm away from the house. I'm kind of on my own, but I got mom and daddy right here yeah. next to me waiting for me if something happens. And so that's kind of the, that, that transitional time we want to have for those, for those kids. Um, and then uh, we'll have um, our training facility on there. We'll have our uh, worship facility on there and a, <coughs> excuse me, and a school uh, on property as well. So the kids, they'll be able to go through um, a good um, a 
accredited school there as well. So, so that's our goal and our plan. That's great, man. And now I'll put, uh, again, a link down below so that people can access that and see what you guys are up to. But I'll just say this in closing, uh, not only is M beautiful and all those kids that you've been working with, but so are you, even your, your beautiful balls self, um, because the best people on the planet, dude, uh, because we get some bad, bad press and I, I want to try to undo that with this podcast. Uh, the best people on the planet are Bible believing evangelical Christians because they have yeah. the correct motivation to absolutely change the world and people like you and, um, and many others doing the stuff that you do man, it's just so inspiring to me and you're a freaking hero. So thank you, John. Oh, brother, man, it, it's, we are, we're literally, we are nothing. We just, we're like the toenail on a pinky toe of Christ, man. We just, <laughs> we're, we, we fall off and it keeps going. So we, uh, man, we just thank you guys for, uh, for supporting and we can't do it without support and help in the body of Christ, you know, pushing us along. So we, we're just uh, humbled to be part of it, brother. I'll throw this down below too, but go tell, go ahead and tell me real quick how people can go um, online to support you. Yeah, you can go to our website, www.swatministriesintl.org. Uh, there's there's a donate button there. There's our Facebook. You can find us on Facebook. Same thing, SWAT Ministries INTL. Uh, you can connect with us there. We got uh, uh, Instagram, those kind of things. So most social media platforms we're on. Uh, and then our website is the, the main way of connecting with us. Okay, cool. Well, I can't wait to uh, watch the film in its entirety. And uh, again, I'll put that link down below so that the people can access that when it does finally come out. Uh, give me the network name one more time. Lag that for a second, brother. Uh, give me the <laughs> give me the uh, give me the network name that it's going to stream on one more time. Yeah, let me double check that before I start. It's, it's redeemed or redeemed TV. Let me make sure. Okay, it's an app. Yeah, so it's um, so yeah, so you can find it. It'll be streaming on redeemtv.com is the, is the website. And there's a Redeem TV app you can download on your phone or your smart TV. And it'll stream, it streams um, good Christian um, faith-based uh, and family-based films there as well. So okay. anyways, it'll be on there. All right, perfect, man. Well, thanks so much, dude. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks for being on today. And uh, can't wait to see what you, what you jump into next. Thanks again. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks so much for having me, man. All right. God bless you. Thank you guys so much for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We'll catch you next time. Our thanks again to our guests for being on the show today. Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman was brought to you by our sponsors. If you like what you heard today, please do us a big favor and give it a five-star review and like it and share it with friends. And if you want to hear more awesome guests, make sure to check out past episodes. Indie Thinker is a nonprofit paid for by our sponsors and the generous gifts of people like you. In order to hear more great guests like you did today, please consider giving a tax-deductible gift by going to IndieThinker.org. And just remember, your voice matters, but infinitely more when you think for yourself.